St. John's Orange presents the St. John's Podcast, proclaiming God's Word with intentionality and boldness to make a positive impact on our world. If today's message brings you some encouragement or a resolve to more fully follow Christ, please leave us a five-star review, and please follow or subscribe to this podcast. Both of these simple actions help to increase our reach and will encourage others to listen. Today's message, Repentance of the Heart, responds to the story of 2 Samuel 12, where the Lord sends Nathan to King David to call out David for his transgression, sinning with Bathsheba and having her husband killed. Now, open your heart to what God has for you today. Here's Pastor Trevor Van Blarkham. From 2 Samuel chapter 12, the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah, and if this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house, because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. And now... Let us enter into the story to be there. We're there in the throne room. We see David on his throne. We see a few aides and others are standing. The door opens and the prophet Nathan is walking towards David. And we know what will happen. We know what Nathan will say to David, who is the king who answers to no man. And as we watch, do we feel Nathan's anxiety? Do we hold our breath as he gets closer to speak? We watch as Nathan lifts his face to address David. And we see Nathan's confident faith. He has come with a purpose, though it is not an easy purpose. And Nathan doesn't stutter or wait for greetings. He simply tells a story. And we hear the story. And we perceive the injustice in our own lives. We have seen that there are those with much, and we feel anger as we join in now and listen, knowing that injustice continues. 
that we ourselves have experienced this. We know all too well about the greed of those in power, know all too well about having things taken from us, of how the rich have used their power for their own gain, taken from us. And we look at David, and we look at the person to blame. And as we look at him, we condemn him in our hearts. We are ready to hear David pronounce his own judgment to fall into the trap, and we feel this this sixth sense of joy, knowing that he doesn't even know he is the one that Nathan is talking about. And we enjoy as he is about to get God. We enjoy as we get to watch David get what he deserves. And at the end of the story, David shouts, and in his righteous anger, maybe he throws the cup he was holding across the room and stands, pronounces judgment. And as we watch him in his righteous anger, we judge him. We can't wait to get to the part where he, David, will be called out for his sin, called out for what he has done. And as Nathan tells him what he has done, we watch as David's face changes to the horror of being found out. We watch the change. The slow sitting down that David does, we watch as David does not take his eyes off the prophet. And we hear the punishment. We hear the consequence that God gives, for there is always a price for the sin, always. And in this moment, in this moment, maybe our heart changes. Our heart changes from the you get what you deserve to our own anxiety. What if we are called out next? How would our heart, how would our face, how would our body respond to being called out on our sin? We see the punishment and we ask, what if we are held accountable for our sin? What if we too will be punished? And in silence we watch David to see what he will do. This king, this man. Because he's the king, he can do what he wants. Who could tell David what to do? He could be angry with Nathan. He could have him banished or killed. And nothing more could be said of David's sin. But we do that. David could deny it. He could demand proof. He could attempt to save face. I mean, who is Nathan to call out the sin of a king? David could make excuses. He could try to justify, after all, who is Uriah anyway in the grand scheme of things. No doubt David could come up with many excuses, find loopholes. No doubt we could too. And David places the blame squarely on his own shoulders. He does not minimize his offense. He had sinned against Uriah. He had sinned against Uriah's family against his nation had sinned with Bathsheba. David realized, though, that he had especially sinned against God. In the original Hebrew, David's statement, I have sinned against Yah, the Lord, amounts to only two words. Hatael Yahweh. There is no excuse. There is no hiding. There is no concealment of sin. No searching for a loophole. No pretext to put forward, no human weakness. David acknowledges the guilt openly, candidly, without any denial of truth. He says, I. 
David spoke of himself, not we, though it was true that he was not the only one who sinned. Yet David knew that he had to deal with his sin, take the personal responsibility of his sin. He said, I have sinned. No elaboration, no soft vocabulary, no mistake, no error, no mess up, no indiscretion, no little problem that he was dealing with. I have sinned against the Lord. His sin against Bathsheba, against Uriah, against his own family and Uriah's, against the nation were great, but the sin against the Lord was the greatest of all. There are no small sins against the great God. There is only the sin that each one of us does. And now, now we will just speak to the Lord. We will share with the Lord that we, or rather I, I have sinned against the Lord. We will take some time to silently examine ourselves and share our heart with the Lord and bring our sin to Him. It wasn't long after this that David more eloquently expressed his repentance of heart in Psalm 51. We speak these words together. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are my God, Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. In our text, David heard that he is a sinner. David heard the consequences. But the last thing he heard is this. The Lord has taken away your sin. David hears that he is loved by God, that he will always be loved by God. So may it be for you as well. Hear that the Lord has taken away your sin, that your sin is forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are loved and always will be by your Lord. This podcast, along with all of our broadcast offerings, are listener-supported. Would you consider partnering with us with a gift? Visit stjohnsorange.org to learn more and stay connected.